That might be my favorite win of the year for so many reasons. Tigers win yet again. We're going to talk about it today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked on Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Tuesday, May 9th, 2023. Thank you so much for making Locked on Tigers your first listen. Every single day, we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. The championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. It's the same with your vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for that green check. Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit, ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit is only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All righty. We are back. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Happy flipping Tuesday. The Detroit Tigers win a ball game in Cleveland against the Guardians by a final score of 6-2. to two. This might be my favorite win of the year. It might be. My, well, I don't really enjoy losses. So probably it's just safe to say it might be my favorite game of the season so far for the Detroit Tigers. Um, Just uh, not only a great offensive performance for so many reasons, still room to improve, not a perfect game, but it's impossible really to have a perfect game in baseball because there's no clock. Well, there kind of is a clock now. I guess that analogy is no longer a thing, but the game has to end eventually, right? Like you you can't, and you can, in theory, you can shoot 100% from the field in basketball over the course of a game, it'll never happen. But like in theory, it's possible uh, in baseball, outs will be recorded eventually. I guess if they didn't, the game would just go on forever. I don't know what I'm saying right now. My point is there is still areas to improve. We will talk about those areas to improve. But the Detroit Tigers were really, really solid offensively. I really enjoyed watching Joey Wentz pitch. I loved the managerial decisions in this game. And they got punched in the mouth and turned around and won a ball game and didn't let one loss and one terrible inning become three, four, five straight losses against a division opponent that over the last four years has dominated you. Just a a great game, a great day of baseball for the Detroit Tigers. Okay. Let's start with the offense then. Hey, why not? So, Offensively, uh, this team had 13 hits and six walks. Also, the six walks, no one had two. So six different players drew a walk. That's two-thirds of your lineup drew a walk in this ballgame. Every single player got on base at least once. A heavy amount got on base more than once. Uh, We've been talking about it since the first week or so of the season, but the approach is... This season are just night and day so much better. And I'm not saying that, that like, you know, the, the results have come and gone throughout the year already. We're only a month in. We've had hot stretches. We've had cold stretches. Um, 
so like the execution of that, we've I've made that analogy a billion times already this season, it, it is something that uh, is it could still be more improved for sure, right? Uh, but the approaches just are so much better. You're, you're having a lot more pitches thrown per at bat. There's far less just completely like six, seven, eight, nine pitch innings that are just completely uncompetitive ball with zero threats offensively. There's a lot more deep counts. There's a lot more making the starters, the opposing starters work a lot more. Just really, really nice to see. And again, that doesn't mean that that every single game that they're going out there and, and you know, look like the 84 Tigers or the 2013 Tigers. Like, I'm not trying to sell you that. But um, I, I think when comparing it to at least like, hey, have we gotten better than last year? Last year was one of the worst offenses I've ever seen in my entire life. This year, a month into the season now, I, I think it's pretty clear that they have at least taken somewhat of a step forward as they play more and more games, we'll see how much of a step forward that ends up being. Okay, but for the time being, they're winning a lot of ball games. They're the, the offense has really been clicking over the last five, six, seven, seven ball games. So we'll gladly take it. Okay, um, individually in this one, let's start with. What do you want to start with? Um, I guess we can start with Riley Green. More lifting the ball to the pull side. Makes me very happy. Had a hit in this one to the pull side. Also had a deep fly out to the pull side that I thought was a home run off the bat. Uh, just a little bit under it. Which, like, if, if I, I'm, I'm, I'm giddy that he's under a ball to the pull side. Like, I, I, it, it's, it was a can of corn. Like, it was a, not, not a can of corn. It was a little bit deeper than that. It was, it was just inside the warning track to right field, though. I was like, oh my goodness, he he got under a baseball to the pull side. I, I'm, I'm, it's the most excited I've ever been for a flyout, I think, in my entire life. Um, uh, for Well, offensively, at least. Just uh, uh, nice to see. He's clearly made some adjustments. He's hitting the ball really hard. Uh, his single in this game was like 105 miles an hour off the bat. Uh, and he has been on fire lately like we were talking about how the numbers were going down and down and down and down since the start of the season um the last week he has been on an absolute tear uh and his ops is now uh, around 700 on the season when at one point it was re- it was like below 650 and and really dipping lower and lower and lower as every game went along so glad to see him he is clearly feeling it Hopefully it's it's just a coming out party and it's just who he is from here on out. We don't have to worry about the nebs and flows of uh, of you know like him just starting to hit ground balls at a sixty percent clip again. Uh, hopefully that that we can start putting that behind us. Still, I'm not saying it's just like over like that. He still has plenty more to uh, to adjust to and whatnot at, at the major league level. Forever adjusting this game is, but uh, great to see. Great to see Nick Maton. Let's talk about him. Got on base twice in this one. I feel like I just said pace. Got on base twice in this one. Uh, one hit and one walk. I will say, I did love a lot of the managerial decisions in this ball game. I think maybe someday he can return to the four spot. I think I'm kind of over him in the four spot right now in the lineup. Um, need need more production, brother. I, I I love the dude, and 
Uh, I, I think, I mean, over the last three or four games, he's actually, the, the hit total has gone up. He's gotten some hits on some non-fastballs as well at, at, at that. So hopefully this is a trend and, and a sign of things to come, but uh, he, he still has a lot of, of work to do to kind of prove that he can, uh, for me, it's literally just hit non-fastballs. That, that's all. I, I love that he works counts. I love it. It makes me so happy. He had like a 10-pitch A-B in this one. He he works a ton of counts, but need to be actually do something with those at-bats that you work counts in. And uh, so I, I think maybe a, a knockdown to like sixth in the lineup might not hurt anybody, himself included. But again, double in this game, walk in this game, solid, solid day at the office for Nick Maton, all things considered. Um, let's get into the two biggest offensive performances in this game pretty comfortably. Um, oh, I want to talk about hobby too. Okay. Talk about a few more guys offensively right after I tell y'all about our friends over at so rare. Uh, so rare is a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace transforming fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all 30 teams. Unlike other fantasy baseball platforms, so rare managers truly own their fantasy experience. You can collect, buy, sell, and compete with player cards against global competition and opponents to win epic rewards. Win or lose, you still own your cards, and there's no cost to play. The more you win, the more you advance. You can get more powerful cards and get next-level competition. It's awesome. They're also partnered with like Juan Soto and Julio Rodriguez, which is super cool. We see the ads on on TV and whatnot uh, with them. Very, very cool. Uh, Absolutely fascinating thing that I was totally ignorant to and did not understand uh, prior to them sponsoring the show. And and now that we're partnered with them, it's something that I'm really hooked on and really enjoy doing. It's, It's a lot of fun. So be sure to check it out. Uh, again, revolutionary, like you, you really do like you are an owner, like by, by definition of the word kind of so very cool. Head to sore.com slash locked on that's spelled S O R A R E.com to draft your team of free player cards, set your lineup and start competing to win epic rewards today. Again, that's sore.com slash locked on to start playing today. Out of water. Great. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Segment two here, Locked on Tigers. Uh, thank you for making us your first listen every single day. Shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every single day. We will be back tomorrow, as always, recapping a potential series victory over the Cleveland Guardians. Not going to get too ahead of myself. We got Erod going in game three. We'll talk about that at the end, too. So winning game one just sets you up so beautifully. Um, very pumped. But we will talk about game two. Uh, tomorrow obviously um okay so talking about some of the standouts on offense Javi Baez he went one for five in this game he has this that was pointed out by Cody Stavenhagen of the Athletic he has 15 RBIs in his last 20 games I'm not a huge like use RBI as a stat to grade or judge how like great a player is but that is a, a staggering number. Like you're you're approaching an RBI a day for over a 20 game stretch. That is a, a a crazy impressive number. But the most impressive thing to me was well, he did strike out in this game. 
But the stat that I'm about to give you is what makes this so impressive. Uh, that is, this game was on May 8th. That was Javi Baez's first strikeout since April 30th. The, you heard me correctly. Javi Baez went over a week without a single strikeout. Not seven plate appearances. Not seven at-bats, whatever. Eight days. A doubleheader thrown in there at one point. Very impressive. His strikeout percentage on the year is low enough to put him in the 82nd percentile before the game started. So he had a K in this one. Maybe it changes a little bit, but he'll be around the 80th percentile in all of baseball in K-rate. Top 20% in the league in fewest and lowest strikeout rate, Javi Baez. Now, I'm not here to tell you that he's completely changed the type of hitter he is overnight and that he's going to end the season in the 80th percentile or anything like that. I'm sure that that he, he will still have his moments and, and still his chase rate is still relatively high, pretty high, honestly, not even relatively. Um, but but I, I this is a, a great sign, objectively. We're over a month into the season. This is not a, a one-week, one-series sample. Even the, the bad part at the beginning of the year, that's included into this. And he has an OPS over 900 since getting benched which also we're approaching a month uh, removed from that. He's been on an absolute tear, uh, and it's great to see, for sure. Uh, the two biggest, uh, I don't know, most, I don't want to say like MVPs of the game, but yeah, the, the two uh, big loudest contributors offensively in this ballgame were Eric Haas and Andy Abanez. We'll talk about Abanez here in a second. Eric Haas has been also on an absolute tear lately. He's almost hitting 300 on the season as an OPS over 760. Uh, Undeniably has been one of the most valuable players on the team so far uh, this season, honestly, and and especially during this winning stretch. We talked about it a little bit yesterday, how just like sneaky valuable he is in so many areas. Gives you good speed on the base pass, which most people kind of look over. It is a is a legitimate like like sneaky power threat uh, when he's hot can can hit the baseball to all parts of the field again like two ninety seven or whatever batting average right now on the season uh, when when he's right he he can be a a massive massive plus to this team he's already almost worth half a war on FanGraphs uh, usually over the course of a season he sits somewhere in like the one to one and a half war range so. Seeing him already at half a win is, is a great sign. Just really, really crushing the ball. And, and while Jake Rogers is the best catcher on this team, the fact that we have a, a, a good problem to have and that we want both of them in the lineup on a nightly basis is beautiful. It's fantastic. And we talked about that back in the spring. Like I, I said that I thought Rogers was going to surprise people and probably end up starting uh, more games behind the dish than Haas. But Haas is still going to play in probably over 100 games. Not even probably, definitely well over 100 games. Probably over 120 games this year. Because they're just going to find other ways to utilize him in the lineup. Whether that's left field, designated hitter, doesn't matter. That's a great problem to have. Eric Haas, so valuable to this team's success so far this season. Wanted to give him his flowers there. Um, 
Andy Abanez had a fantastic, fantastic, fantastic game. Uh, he's been crushing the ball since his 0-10 start. He has been on an absolute tear. He's a free swinger for sure, and, and that's probably not going to change. He's 30, uh, and, and he swings hard as well, but he also doesn't swing and miss a, a whole lot. Like we, we talked about that when we brought him in, right, when Scott Harris brought him in over the offseason. We talked about how he had a high contact rate on balls in the strike zone. Um, so I'm sure that at some point he's going to get pitched differently. Uh, but for the time being, we're going to gladly take this hot streak. And he, he, I mean, just, yeah, he's been on a tear. And he's been a, a looks pretty solid out in the field. Um, yeah, we're just going to keep riding it had a home run in this game, had a walk in this game as well. I don't expect him to walk too terribly much. Um, but players that do well like that are going to put pressure on some of the soon-to-be, if not already, fringe roster players such as Jonathan Scope and the like. So, Andy Abanez, fantastic game. Um, let's get into... What do we want to talk about? Well, let's just wrap up the offense. Five for 14 with runners in scoring position. Still well over 300. I know it's frustrating, you know, quality, quantity, right? Like it's frustrating to still fail nine times with runners in scoring position. I think they left nine men on base total as a team in this game. Um, but uh, we'll gladly take it. That, that five for 14 is still a batting average well over 300 with runners in scoring position. That puts you at the top of baseball. Another game with a home run as well. Just a beautiful sight. Okay. Um, let's talk pitching. Let's talk starting pitching first. Joey Wentz gets the nod in this one. Five and two thirds, three hits, two runs, three walks, and five strikeouts. Uh, Joe, uh, Joey, J-Ram rather, had a home run in this ball game. I, I, I have a thing whenever we play Cleveland where uh, I, I like there to be a two-run buffer between us and, and them in the scorecard at any given moment because I'm terrified of J-Ram. I, I'm, I'm horrified of him. Jose Ramirez has, has tortured this fan base for the better part of a decade, and I, 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 he scares me so much that like I would almost debate giving him Barry Bonds treatment and intentionally walking him with no one on. Now, like obviously that's a slight exaggeration. I wouldn't do that, but like all good tro good jokes contain like a little bit of truth, right? Like to the back of your head, pretty much every time he steps in the batter's box, you're like, oh, this isn't gonna go well. So I, I like to have, you know, I don't just like to be up, oh, two to one, three to one. Well, J-Ram could tie that with nobody on base anytime he wants to. So I'd like at least a two-run buffer, please. I call that the J-Ram buffer. Um, but it, all in all, Joey Wentz looked really, really solid on this one. We'll get into uh, his performance as a whole right after this. Forgot I'm out of water. Okay, welcome back. Third and final segment here, Locked on Tigers. So Joey Wentz in this one. We read a stat line there before the break. Only seven whiffs, uh, which is not an ex extreme amount, not a super high number. 27% uh, CSW percentage, called strikes plus whiffs percentage. Uh, not, again, not anything super, super high. 
But what he did do really well in this game was get weak contact. And we talk about, like, if you want uh, uh, just clinic on how to induce weak contact, watch any of Eduardo Rodriguez's last five starts. That is, like, peak efficient and productive and effective weak contact pitcher baseball. Um, but Joey once was, was really good in this one. In that, in that sense, uh, only an 86 mile an hour average exit velocity over the course of the entire outing. Pretty solid. That's, that's not bad at all. Uh, and, and the cutter specifically, which we talk about all the time was a pitch that he developed in the minors after coming back from Tommy John, uh, and has really kind of progressed his development in this organization so much and looked so good in September of last year when he was dealing uh, at the major league level. So uh, the, the cutter in this one had like a 79 mile an hour, I almost said percent, mile an hour average exit velocity. Uh, so really, really effective pitch in this one. And yeah, there was some command issues to iron out for sure. I mean, three walks is not where you want to be. Um, I the, the best start, of his career, I think, to this point, is that outing against the Giants where he gave up a solo homer and then just dominated the rest of the entire outing. And on top of that, was up 0-1 pretty much on every hitter the rest of the of, of the ball game. Um, so I I I that's like peak Joey Wentz to me is like when when he's on, he can fill the strike zone without throwing it over the heart of the plate. And the biggest reason for that is the cutter right? That's what cutters are for. They're for missing barrels, inducing weak contact, and they're for, oh, this is a fastball in. Oh, there you go. It, 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 you know, it nicked the corner, low and in, it's a strike now. So his ability, when, when he's really, really on command-wise, I, I have a lot. I really like Joey Wentz a lot. I know the ERA is like six or whatever, um, but it's kind of like Four really good starts. Well, I shouldn't say really good. Four solid starts, four not solid starts, or four bad starts. And so it, it's kind of just like cut right in half. It's not like a consistent thing. It's which version of him are you getting on any given day? And in this one, we got a pretty pretty good one. I also like the curveball today. I thought it was sequenced really well. We haven't seen it too terribly much this year. Very good shape. I think it was the sharpest the curveball has looked all season. I kind of even wanted to see it a little bit more. He only threw it, like I said, eight times. But uh, it was sequenced really, really well. Like, I, I love when when pitchers go up in the zone with heat, and then here's a curveball that falls off the table and is a ball low, but you want to swing through it. I, I think that that's – I know it's, like, old school, but it, it, it has worked for 100 years for a reason. So I, I, I really liked that, and then you got to swing and a miss on it as well using that sequencing. So, yeah, all in all, pretty solid uh, start from Joey Wentz. I mean, like I said, it, it, the Rizley, there really isn't like a it, – it's not like he's consistently giving up, you know, four runs an outing. Like, he has three or four starts where he's, he's given up like three or less. And then he's had, you know, a handful of starts, three or four starts where he's given up four, five, six runs. So, um, it just needs some consistency. I did, again, as part of my – like, this is one of my favorite games of the year – he started off in the first inning with two base runners on. Like he had thrown three pitches and there were two base runners on. And he gets a double play from J-Ram, by the way. Grounds into a double play. Tigers are down one nothing. Then gets another out. Then proceed from like the second through the fifth, through the fourth, he went on a stretch there where he got out like 16 of 17 batters in a row or something at one point in the middle of the outing. And then again, in the sixth, 
kind of the, the the pitch count got high he ended with over 90 pitches thrown and uh any you know he got pulled and whatever and we'll get to the bullpen in a second uh, and allowed some more base runners there in his final inning but when to the, the we've talked about a lot how one of the biggest things he has to overcome is just he will have a tendency to let a a, a snowball become an avalanche right and and it just the the, the snowball effect has really been a thing this year. Um, and in this one, he got punched in the mouth early and recovered so nicely and never wavered his confidence and, and put together a fantastic outing. I thought he looked stellar. So shout out to Joey Wentz. Great start. Um, bullpen. Will Vest goes uh, two-thirds of an inning, one hit, no runs or walks, 1K. This is my formal apology. I, I had been... <sighs> Look, confidence is key, and his stuff looks great. In the first half of last year, Will Vest was awesome. And then in the second half, it was kind of hit or miss, but, like, he was still pretty solid. And then by, like, the very end of the season, kind of was letting up a little bit. And, and at one point in the second half of the season, got optioned. And then this year, spring training was brutal. He goes to Toledo, and his Toledo numbers are brutal. Then he gets called up. I come on air and say, I, I don't think that, that like I that would not have been my first choice. Um, and he is literally a zero ERA. He has not given up a run yet. He keeps not only and it's not like low leverage either. Like he's going out there and, and getting huge outs in today's game. That that was a, a very, very key situation to be put in. Like you're inheriting runners in a close ball game. And went out there and shoved, man. I, I, Will Vest deserves a ton of credit for the resurgence that he has had this season. The stuff was never the problem, uh, even when he was struggling. He has always had electric stuff. It's just about consistently putting it in the strike zone. And he has certainly done that so far this season. So shout out to Will Vest. Jason Foley, this is one of the managerial decisions I loved. Uh, you had first and second, one out. And I literally out loud when, all right, bring in the automatic ground ball because, like, that's, you know, it's a close ball game. I want a double play to get out of the inning, and that's what that's what Hinch did. Now, that's not what happened. They got a little fly out to get the second out and then eventually got out of the inning. But um, Jason Foley continues to do his job as, like, a 1-3-something ERA. Uh, he's the man. He is the man. I love Jason Foley. Uh, but I really like the decision to go to him there, even though it wasn't, like, the eighth or ninth inning. I think it was the seventh. But – what in what situation do I need a ground ball the most over the course of nine innings? That's when I want Jason Foley on the mound. And that's what they did in this ball game, even if it didn't come to fruition. Jason Shreve, one and two thirds, two hits, no runs or walks, two Ks. Really, really nice performance. He's had a couple of, of pretty solid performances in a row. Uh, I know early in the season, he started off good and then went through a week where he was just in heck and, and or like 10 days. And would just seem to be giving up a ton of runs. The Baltimore series obviously did him no favors. And then now seems to be kind of recovering rather nicely. So uh, nice to see there. That splitter, I, I say it every time, that splitter will play. Alex Lang closes the door, does allow, allow a base runner, walks uh, Miles Straw there. But no damage done. Tigers win. He closes the door. I did want to talk about the managerial decisions, which is where we'll talk about Lang uh, a little bit more so first off pinch running for Miguel Cabrera never a bad idea to me they did uh you know pinch ran Jake Rogers for him even though kind of a weird like hit and run and Jake didn't look at the ball and just like I respect it whatever you know you got 
uh, you, you uh, trying to trying to get something working on the base pass and whatnot. Um, but yeah, pinch running for Miguel never a problem to me. Uh, Alex Lang, okay, one out, right? He recorded literally one out in this ball game. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And the reason why Hinch touched on it a little bit at the end of the game, but if you're looking at where Cleveland was in the lineup. I completely understand and agree with the with the decision. You don't want Cleveland to go back get back into it obviously and even though there's two outs you you the last thing you wanted was the top of the lineup. Stephen Kwan is one of the toughest at bats in the entire game of baseball. He does not swing and miss like ever. He doesn't whiff. So like that's a terrifying uh, person to see in the batter's box obviously Rosario and then I don't even need to tell y'all about how terrifying it would be to get it back to J-Ram with him being the tying or go-ahead run so I love just saying you know what we're gonna just stomp this fire out we're not gonna give them any chance to get back into this ball game the nine hitter is up we don't want the lineup to turn over let's throw our best reliever out there and and have him get the job done now again he did walk (laughs) straw so execution not fantastic but still then got Quan out uh immediately after and 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 no damage done so uh, I love that as far as like he threw eight pitches you don't want to use him in a full run ball game necessarily I I hear you um I will say the Tigers have three off days in the next 10 days They have an off day on Thursday. They have another off day on Monday. And then they have another off day next Thursday. So if there was ever a time to go to a pitcher for one out, it would be when you're about to, after this series, you will have three off days in one week. So I'm I'm, I'm really, I'm pretty okay with it. And honestly, I loved it. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that's really, that's really all I got. Like last year's team, the the reason why this was such a great win for me is last year's team turns that awful Sunday performance into a, and that dreadful sixth inning specifically into a losing streak They they absolutely do. And this team came right back and not only won, but they came back from another deficit. They were down one, nothing in the second inning. I mean, you know, bottom of the first, but by the time they took their at-bats in the second inning, they were already losing. Top of the third, they scored three runs. Don't let up the lead the rest of the ballgame. I thought this was a very, very impressive win over a really solid team. I know the Guardians' offense has been dreadful. I know, but uh, scoring six runs against any Cleveland pitcher or or any bullpen or in their staff whatsoever is a massive win in my book especially for a team like the Tigers who have been struggling offensively for well, six years but really the, the better part of the last calendar year Tigers are now 28th in baseball in runs scored a week ago they were in last by almost 10 runs now they're 28th Steady climbing. They actually passed Cleveland, uh, oddly enough. So uh, there you go. But th- take advantage. Take advantage. Keep winning ball games. I said it yesterday. I'll say it again. I don't care how good or bad the opponent we are playing is because we have been the team that gets stomped 
for seven years now. We've been the get right game for every team in baseball for 29 other teams for over half a decade. Not necessarily the worst, but all the other 29 teams in baseball look at you and go, okay, some winnable games coming up at least. So I'll gladly take a win. I don't care how much Cleveland's struggling. I don't care how much St. Louis is struggling. I don't care how much the Mets are struggling. They're struggling because we beat them. That's why people are saying they're struggling, because the Detroit Tigers beat them. Standings watch, we are, I think, two and a half games out of first place. There you go. Two and a half games out of first place in the Central. Seven and three in our last ten. Other teams in the division, Cleveland four and six, Chicago five and five, Kansas City four and six, Minnesota five and five. Hottest team in the division, right within reach. Two more games against the team that you're right next to in the division. Also, you are now 16 and 18. You are two games under 500 with two games against Cleveland left. Another thing uh, I pointed out earlier, Eduardo Rodriguez getting the finale in this one. Winning game one, knowing that Erod is pitching one of the next two days is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Okay? Let's go win another ball game. Thank you for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. We'll be back tomorrow recapping game two of the Cleveland Guardians series. Uh, yeah, I'll catch you all then, baby. Peace and love. Going to therapy's dope. Let's keep winning ball games. Go Tigers, baby.